Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. I've got another episode of the Lear Procedure. You can listen to Lear Procedure on Spreaker.com. We also post the link also on Twitter, as we always do. Also, you can go to iTunes and just search Labor Procedure. It pops up right for you. You click on a link. You subscribe there. That is usually I have someone else with Kyle and Brewster, and always I'm Jimmy Wright. Kyle, how was your weekend, bud? Uh, it was all right. It was all right. I just watched a lot of baseball. Uh, Omaha started the second. I don't know about you. I enjoy Omaha, man. It's probably, it's probably one of the best, better at times of the year. Yeah, last year, the time I was in Omaha, but. But I guess it's all right. I'll be honest. I'm glad we. I'm not glad we didn't go back, but I'm glad I didn't have to get in the car and drive back up there. <laughs> Me and myself, Omaha is cool. I think until until they do something with the, you know, the stadium a little bit, it's not going to be as exciting as it could be because you know it's you got to really do something to hit home runs there. Even with the new baseball, I know you've seen. I think one or two more home runs this this year. You've seen a few earlier. Yeah. Until they, which is not going to happen, but until they bring it in or do something, change it, it's not, it's not going to be as good as it could be. You see teams like the LSU, like they did. There's teams that really win and win a bunch of games. They get to Omaha and it just doesn't fit. You know, their their style of play doesn't fit, and how they hit doesn't fit. You've know, got to change it up a little bit. And that really fits teams. You start out getting with Ole Miss when they went. That they're the home run hitting team, and they just was hitting a bunch of deep fly balls. I agree. I, you know, last year, and I'll probably get fired for this, I thought Ole Miss was the best baseball team up there. They just couldn't play the way they wanted to because, I mean, the wind brought out. And I will, be, I will say that the, uh, the new balls had an effect. I mean, they've had, they've had four home runs already, which is more than last year, but it's still not enough. Like, you can't – you cannot drive balls into the gaps. Anything hit into the gaps is caught. The only way you can get it out is get the ball down and after it hit it over the fence. And I, I just – I don't think that's fair as far as college baseball is played, because, I mean, you play a certain way for six, six games or 60 games, including the postseason, then you get up there to the pinnacle of college baseball and you got to change your approach. If you don't change your approach, you're going to go home. I think I think LSU's getting put out tomorrow simply because, they, I mean, their approach is not one to fit that ballpark while Kyle Pitts looking is. Well, you see teams win a lot. Well, of course, talent helps you in better, and you get teams like better, but this Tons of talent. To me, is the best, pretty much best job in baseball. They pretty much have about 28 scholarships on their baseball team. <laughs> but uh, you see teams that also are kind of fit for that stadium. You see TCU. You see other teams like that. Are, they're kind of they pitch it really well, but they're also kind of I used to say small ball teams that hit a lot of singles, hit a, you know, hit, do a lot of base stealing, anything like that, and. That kind of fits that that stadium, and and some teams usually do well. Right, you know, you look back at 2013, and people may take this the wrong way. It's not a shot. You look at that, that finals with Mississippi State and UCLA. Those are two teams that played small ball. Now Mississippi State had Hunter Renfro, that guy could hit the ball a bazillion feet. But other than that, they were a small ball team. And UCLA that year, man, I don't know. I'm pretty 
sure they hit like 230 and just one off pitching a defense. And that's how you have to win in that stadium. Look at the scores from last year. I mean, Vanderbilt won. They won the first one by outlandish margin, but that was because Kirby blew up in the third inning and gave it like eight runs. But the, the second and third game were really low-scoring games. I, I'm not sure what they're going to have to do, but I'm, I, it's an awesome it's an awesome deal up there in Omaha. But as far as, like, casual baseball fans, I, that's who they're trying to approach or trying to get invested in the game. And as far as those people, they want to see offense. They, they don't want to see two-to-one, one-nothing. I'm just, I get it, uh, but they're going to have to do something as far as moving the fences in. Uh, you know, I picked, I picked Kyle State Fullerton to, to beat Vanderbilt in the, in the game yesterday. You know, it got rained out and pushed to the day, and I believe if had it not got rained out, Vanderbilt wouldn't have won the baseball game. Eshelman from Cal State Fullerton was mowing them down. I think, as I said earlier, I think Cal State Fullerton is going to put LSU off tomorrow just because that LSU is a better baseball team than Fullerton, but just because that stadium fits their style of play so much more. I think that LSU is going home tomorrow, and that's kind of, you know, I'm not going to sit here and lie. I'm going to enjoy LSU if they do go home tomorrow. But, you know, if if Fullerton is suited to play that game, they're going to win. Yeah, I think so, which the whole topic of rooting for SEC, I, I said this I said this on Twitter and people replied to it. I just can't bring hate for it. Vanderbilt just because you just have, kind of have that football mindset with them, although you should in baseball they have so many more advantages than other teams more than others and you know LSU they don't have as many more advantages than them but schools like Ole Miss State, Alabama, Auburn they have tons more advantages but I really can't really hate them can't say I hate to see LSU lose and everything else and I'm not the big you know it's nice to plot out SEC dominance and this and, and that but I'm not that way. That's just the more they win, that's the more you're, you know, Ole Miss and other schools that haven't recruited against. I don't really see that opinion of pulling for them like some people do. Right. I, I'm not that way at all. You know, I, I've said before, I want Florida to win this just because I don't have a problem with Florida. Uh, I guess after that, I kind of want Arkansas to win it, but I think Arkansas is just going to go home here in a minute. I'm not, I'm not watching the game. They were losing last time I checked. I really don't want LSU to win. I really don't want Vanderbilt to win. I, you know, I can't stand Vanderbilt, to be quite honest. Uh, the the twenty six scholarship deal that that's quite annoying. And be honest, it's not fair. It's kind of it's kind of cheating. Um, they, I'm not sure what the NCAA can do about it, but something has to be done because the way Vanderbilt's getting to recruit compared to how Ole Miss and State and Alabama and Auburn are having to recruit, it's just not fair. No, it's not cheating. I don't think. I, I think it's it's the states themselves holding the schools back. There is nothing against Mississippi school or – and Alabama's pushing for this now. I said – I put this out. I said Mississippi has to be lost and everything. Alabama's now trying to get the lottery. That's, that's not all of it what Vanderbilt's getting, but that's what a lot of, I would say, probably 10 or so scholarships are from is from straight from the lottery and different programs they have. I mean, it might be going now with all the bankruptcy problems LSU is having, but LSU has tops that come from the lottery. It's just different Mississippi could get that for their schools. It's just uh, they don't. It's purely because the casinos is the main reason. They can tell you that it can draw this. They give you all kinds of excuses in politics that the reason they don't go for it, which you're saying you can have a casino, but you can't have a lottery, which makes no sense. Absolutely sense to me. I wouldn't call it cheating. There's nothing you can do about that because it's legit programs there. It's more of the states that are still holding the schools back in that, in that aspect. 
I, I agree. It, it is the states holding the schools back. You know, but with Vanderbilt, you know, them being a private entity, they, they don't have to answer to anyone about what they do with scholarships. They can give someone, a baseball kid, just a full scholarship as long as he gets into school for the heck of it. You know, I think if Ole Miss and Mississippi State were able to get the lottery, and people will scoff when I say this, I think they can be on the level that Florida's at because the resources are there. The, the schools have invested in baseball. You can tell John John Cohen and Mike Danker are two of the top-paid uh, baseball coaches in the Southeastern Conference. The, the resources and the energy to win have been put in place. They just can't. I mean, let's break it down and be simple about it. If a kid has a 50% scholarship to Ole Miss and has to pay 50% of his way, or he has a 100% scholarship to Florida, where's he going? Uh, you know, it's, it's, not a, it's not a competition there. But I think Mississippi can do things to make themselves competitive with the Floridas of the world, with the LSUs of the world, with the Arkansas of the world. They've just got to do it from a political standpoint. Well, to be honest, how many kids are even getting 50%, not many, that are going on Mr. State? But at the same what? time, it's, I mean, you get Go an 11.7, which is, is you know, that's fault to the, the full point now. That's not enough scholarships, and I agree there. You know, you got so many kids. You have to have so many kids on scholarship. You just can't say, well, I'm going to put 10 on full scholarship or whatever. You have to have so many on at least, I think it's at least. 25. I mean, at least 25, and they have to be a certain percent of scholarship. It's not there, though. No. Yeah. I mean, it's. It's ridiculous in that standpoint. You know, it's the only sport that's really like that. You know, even even tennis, even other sports, they're on full scholarship. They're on scholarship. I mean, it, it's just, it's kind of ridiculous. It's kind of old school there. And with the lottery, it do so much more. I mean, it, and it, in that sense, it wouldn't just help you know sports. It would also help you know your average everyday students that can get in and get have more schools that can kids that can afford to go to school and and get the education they want instead of maybe having to go. Plenty of kids go JUCO first just because of the money aspect of it. They might not want to have to do that. Right, right. You know, I think it's in Georgia. I I may be saying this wrong. If you have, like, a 3.5 GPA in high school, like a 24 on the ACT, they pay for you to go to school. I mean, I know that's not not everything. It's lower than that. It's 3.0. It's 3.0? Is the 24 right? I think think the 24 is right. The 24 is right. Yeah, they pay for you to go to school. Uh, and while not everyone's going to accomplish that, a lot of kids and a lot of baseball kids are, you know, and I just Mississippi's not on that level. And, you know, it's, it's a shame for our state because I think if Ole Miss or Mississippi State is going to be dominant in something, it's going to be baseball. Um, just from the aspect of they have baseball here in the state is not, it's not bad. I mean, you look at schools like Oxford that have five Division One prospects on one team. Uh, I think there's an opportunity there for schools to be dominant, but you can't have situations like we had a few years ago when Jacoby Jones just left the state because LSU could give him a full scholarship when Ole Miss and Mississippi State couldn't. Yeah, I, something has to be done, and I think it's going to have to be done from these schools. You know, there was actually legislation passed, not passed, it was presented at the SEC meetings from Auburn's AD, Jay Jacobs, to make every scholarship count against you know, the, the actual number. And it it's got not going to happen there. No, it's not going to happen. I mean, it got voted down 10 to 4. I mean, you can guess who the four schools were. The four schools are getting screwed. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what they're going to do, but I, I, there's nothing really they can do unless from a political aspect they give the state a lottery. It, it's just hypocritical at this point to not have a lottery in the state of Mississippi. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's very critical. And I mean, it makes sense to do casino. That's what it has to do with. That's been known for fat now. The casino people give benefits to people. It's all up to the politics stuff to really get hard to. Switching points a little bit. Did you watch the, the game last night with the NBA Finals? I did. I did. I watched, I flipped in between it and uh, Vanderbilt last night. But I probably watched more of the NBA Finals. I know, I know you're a Warriors fan, man. Steph Curry went off last night. Yeah, I'm not a huge. I'm actually not a huge NBA guy. I just have a humongous, gigantic bromance for Steph Curry. And so, pretty much, I just like Seth Curry, so in turn, I like the Warriors. And I pretty much followed him, even when they, when the first time they made a, before they even made the playoffs, I followed the team just because of him. I don't watch a ton of NBA games, but I watch a ton of Seth Curry games, I guess you say, when the Warriors are on, I pretty much watch them. I love how he plays. And, yeah, he went off. Everybody talked about, you know, there's two games that LeBron should have been an MVP, which... LeBron is the best player on the planet. When he, when he started to the day, the media got mad. It's ridiculous. He is the best player. But right. They're so, they're, so thin, they're so thin that they're, I mean, you can just see them in the fourth quarter. And I told this, story, I think I said it on here too, that I believe that as the series goes on, because they're playing so many minutes, because they're so thin, they're going to wear down. And you're seeing that happen. I mean, even though LeBron is still having his, at the end of games, he's not still able to take over like he was earlier in his series because he's he just exhausted. He can't he can't do as much. I, I completely agree. You know, it's funny. I I've been I'm I'm kind of ashamed to say it at this point. I'm a huge Lakers guy, um, so I've rooted against LeBron from the aspect that I, I didn't want to accept the notion that he was better than Kobe Bryant. Well, I've given that up. You know, LeBron is 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 better than Kobe Bryant, but. I can't make myself root against him here because I think it would be I think it would be a situation where if he won, you would have to seriously consider if he's the best player in basketball history. But I already I think he is. I, I don't disagree. And that pains me to say. Um I don't think he's going to though. I think I think we started seeing last night in the fourth quarter. It was it was pretty much the LeBron show and he realized none of these other guys can help me. And I'm gonna have to go to the rim and make a play, and if I don't, we're not gonna win. And I think it kind of set in last night that this this probably isn't gonna happen. I expect them to fight tomorrow night. I expect it to be close going to the fourth quarter, and I expect LeBron to get tired and Curry to hit shots. And I think this ends tomorrow. I, I don't think it goes to Game Seven. I will say this: if it goes to Game Seven, it's anybody's ball game at that point because it's a it's a one game deal. And LeBron, I don't know if Curry's been in a game seven before. I'm not sure he has. No, no. He, no they let's say this is the, really would be the first championship in Warriors history. Right. And so he's, ne- no, he's never been to a game seven. He's never been, well, I don't, he has been to a game seven, but not game series given this, of this magnitude. Right. Well, LeBron, I don't think, has been to game seven. I didn't know if Curry had been to one at all. Um. But I, I just I think it ends tomorrow night. I think Golden State. As I was saying, I think they need to end it tomorrow night because if you give them you give them a one shot deal to, with the best player on the planet, anything can happen. And I'll be honest, all the pressure switches to Golden State at that. Point. Oh, absolutely, it does. And the thing about it is, if you, if you look at this, yes. Now I think this is a, a seven game series, tight through and through. If they have Kyrie Irving in, in this game, not even. 
you don't even take the fact they don't have love. People, okay, I'm not a moron guy. I hope you lose it. I'm not really a fan. I think he's kind of a douchebag in a sense, some of the stuff that he does. But you can't deny his talent. Everybody says, you know, they, they bring up Reigns. They bring up Reigns. Jordan's got Reigns. Everybody forgets that Jordan couldn't beat the Pistons for almost six years before he got to get to the, even get to the finals. Exactly. Okay. Uh, Jordan's great. I'm not denying he's great, but there's never been – I've had people bring up Magic Johnson, but there's never been a player that can play all five positions and be a lead at all five. Magic can right. play all five positions, but he wasn't a lead at all five. LeBron's a lead at all five positions. That's the only, that's the only time I've ever seen that ball. Before looked up anything, any kind of coordination there. I agree. Yeah, it was crazy last night. They put LeBron at the five. Uh, they put him at the five, and he played really well for for three point two five quarters. He played really well. I just at the end, he's so gassed, and people forget the guy's human. It's like, you know, well, people get mad at him in the fourth quarter for getting tired. Like, like he's not a human being. You know, you go work your tail off for three quarters and. See, see what you have left. I mean, it, it's – I'm not – as you said, I'm not a huge LeBron guy. I'm probably not a fan. I think I kind of have found myself rooting for him in this series. I don't, I'm not sure if I'm rooting for him or for seven games. Because I think this series has been – this has been one of the better NBA finals I can remember in a while. You know, you go back, the Spurs killed uh, the Heat last year. I think it ended in five or six. It, it wasn't close. And – well, actually, the year before that went seven. But the years before going past that were dogs. You know, the Mavericks killed the Heat. Then the Heat killed the Thunder. I think it's probably good for the NBA that you have what I'd argue right now is Steph Curry and LeBron, probably the best two players in the NBA without question. Yeah, I, I said this a, a few weeks ago and people jumped all over for it. I said best player in in the league is LeBron James, no doubt. I said best period basketball talent to Steph Curry. Now, yeah. Some people said, you know, that's the same thing. To me, it's not. I'm saying pure basketball talent versus best player. What makes LeBron so great is how big he is and what all have his do. His pure skill set is what makes Curry so good. Yeah, I think something that gets overlooked with LeBron, you can correct me if I'm wrong, is, you know, he can play – he can play all five positions on the floor offensively from an elite perspective. However, he can guard all five players on the floor. Oh, absolutely. He's a, he's a freaking nature. Yeah, that's the thing that sets him apart for me, man. It, it, if he needed to guard Steph Curry, he'd lock him down. Or not lock him down. Of course, he can't guard Steph Curry in this series. They'd get murdered. If, you know, if he wanted to guard Clay Thompson, James Harden, any of those guys, he'd put them on skates. And, you know, I just think that he's one of the – I think he's the best player to ever do it. I don't – as I said, I don't think he's going to win tomorrow night. I kind of hope I'm wrong because I kind of want to see games. I don't. I hope they lose. I hope well, they lose by 50. Yeah, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. Did you have any problem with LeBron? you see what he said after the game last night? Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. I said, you know, I, you see this all the time. You see media, they say they won't quote, they won't quote, won't quote. And then a guy gives you a good quote, a really good quote, and he's being honest. He's saying what he really thinks. And then they just crucify him for saying what he really thinks. But they, yet they say, you know, they want players to give him quotes. Well, they gave him a quote, and they crucify him for saying it. And, he's, you know, it's okay for all the media to say it, all the fans say, you know, he's the best player in the league. And then when he says it all, he's, he's, you know, they just tear him apart, break him down. It's just idiotic to me. 
That's my thing. Everybody wants. Everybody says LeBron James is the best player in the game. And then LeBron James says LeBron James is the best player in the game, and it's like all hell broke loose. You know? Yeah, it's freaking ridiculous. Fucking blowhards. Because here's reality. LeBron's mindset is not like a normal person. He can't be. To be as good as he is and to be as dominant and to be as great as he is, he doesn't think like me and you and, and other people. The guy is he's got – I'm not sure what I'm trying to say. His mindset is different. If he doesn't believe he's the greatest player to ever play the game, he's not going to be the greatest player to ever play the game. I think I'm try- what I'm trying to say is making sense. But it does a little bit. The way he approaches things is different from everyone else. And I think that mindset that I am the greatest to ever do this has helped him throughout the way. I don't think there's anything wrong with him acting like he's the best. When, I mean, in all honesty, he is. Well, if you think of it too, look, from about age 16, 15, 16, he was known as new pro- the prodigy child that was going to be the, the next Jordan. I mean, at age 15, 16, being compared to being the best, going to be the best players in the league, you know, of all time, that's a little bit different than the average person. Even some of the, even some of the greats, you know, was that thought of that highly, you know, at 15, 16 years old. His mindset, how he thinks, how he acts, his, you know, I guess you say his. So I've had a, some people think you know he some of his problems that he's a little bit socially awkward because he's had been he's had to act differently almost his whole life. He hasn't been able to be just a normal kid, and that totally makes sense to me. Yeah, I mean, fifteen and sixteen years old, I was learning how to drive an old beat up pickup truck, not signing multi million dollar shoe deals. You know, so yeah, when he's socially awkward, that probably got something to do with it. However, I don't. I'm not a big proponent of him being socially awkward. I just think maybe he's a little arrogant. That doesn't bother me. I mean, you know, I just think he's, he's great and shows he's great. Let's be honest, man. If, if we had that money, that talent it would be a little bit arrogant too. Yeah. Hell, I'm a little bit arrogant. I don't have that money or talent. Yeah, you know, I'm a 22 year old college kid, and I'm arrogant. So I mean, if I'm being honest, but. I'm making thirty mil a year. Yeah, I'll probably be a little bit arrogant. We're gonna be bringing Ben Love on in in a few minutes, but you said it. You don't get you. You said it on Twitter. I've seen it, but I don't get you to tell stories. Stuff a lot more funny than people tell it. You gotta tell a story about you and the I guess now ex girlfriend at the US Alabama game afterwards, going to field and and after the Quantrell injury at Auburn game. Man, you gotta tell a story. <sighs> Man, <laughs> you're gonna get me in trouble. No, it's okay. I hadn't talked to her. December, yeah, December. But anyways, um, so Alabama game. You know, game day was there, or whatever. So yeah. me and her, she comes and picks it up like three thirty because she's got a party. You know where the Wesley House is in Oxford? Yes, yeah. Yeah. So she has a parking pass for there. So we, she comes and picks it up like three thirty, and we go stand in line for game day. You know, I'm all excited and. She thinks I'm the dumbest human being on the face of the planet because she hates sports. But anyway, so we we did the whole game day deal, and you know I'm taking pictures and I'm I was like watching the state game because you know state played like 11 that morning. I was watching Absolutely. the state game on my phone, so my phone's about dead during around halftime. And so eventually died. I think it died like middle of the third quarter. So I, you know I never thought, honest to God, I never thought we were going to win the game until we won the game. I always thought Alabama was going to win, so I saw that last second. I go, wow. 
Well, after the game, I realized, I was like, oh, God, they're storming the field. I have to go. Well, we're sitting above, do you know where, you know where Chucky Mullen's head is? Yes. So I'm pushing a jump that, you know, the, over the entrance. Probably a 12-foot jump. I didn't care. But, yeah, I honestly God, didn't care. Um, and she, like, grabs me. She's like, I'm not going out there. I'm like, uh, what? She said, I've been up since 3.30, and I just don't want to go out there right now. Uh, can we go to the house? I'm like, oh, no. I'm going out there with you or without you. She's like, your phone's dead. Are you just going to walk on? I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> Jumped over the, jump the rail. Next thing I know, I'm standing right by Bo Wallace, just giving the ball to his dad. I'm like, oh, well, this is, I really wish my phone wasn't dead right there. That was one of the coolest moments. And then one of the uncoolest moments, you know, the Auburn thing. Uh, we're sitting there. I'd actually, I was at work. I don't, I, I was at work like a Christian camp for my aunt that morning. And I drove into town and got there. Yeah, they, that's the most ironic thing of the day. But anyways, um, I got there, um, I think the kickoff was at 630. I got the arch around 5. And my best friend and my girlfriend had gone together and they were saving me a seat. So I get there and I'm sitting in between them. And, you know, we're watching the game. And she hates being there again because she hates sports. Honest God, I don't know why I dated the girl. That's another story for another day. But anyway, so Laquan fumbles. And, you know, like, there's this drunk guy that's behind me who me and him have been talking, like, the whole time. He wouldn't shut up. And me and him looked at each other. Because my best friend's, like, blackout drunk, you know. But me and him, my, the guy looks at me and he said, he snapped his leg. You know, because the play – it lasted a little bit. You know, there was like a scrum for the ball or whatever. He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, he broke his leg. I'm like, oh, my God, you're right. Like, and at the time, I was like, well, we scored, but I really don't even care that we scored. Quan's legs out in pieces. And, you know, so I'm sitting there all depressed, and the drunk guy's got, like, his hand on my shoulder, just, like, consoling me. And when uh, Quan, when they come out, because, like, you could see it. I got, I got, like, bombarded with text messages. Like, he didn't score. He didn't score. He didn't score. I'm like, God. And so I'm I'm all depressed. And as soon as they announced that he didn't score and it was Auburn's ball, she looks at me and she's like, well, that sucks. You ready to go? Like, just this, like, living face. I'm like, uh, no, 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 I'm not. I'm not ready to go. And, like, the drunk guy, like, puts his arm around me. He's like, man, just let this man grieve. He's like, everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be okay. And so, like, you know, we got the ball back and uh, ran some – I'll be honest, this play calling on the, the last 45 seconds was just abysmal, but that's another story. But, you know, I'm sitting there after the game, and Auburn's won. And I legit – we probably sat there 20 minutes because I had drove to that game, so I was excited when we were going home. And we sat there 20 minutes. And, you know, I go drop her off. My best friend, who's just plastered in my back seat. Uh, I drop her off and get out, and we talk for a second. She's like, you know, the way you acted tonight, it's just, it's, it's just, it's sports, you know. It's, it's not that important. I'm like, yeah, that's probably legit the second most important thing in my life. You know, I said it just to make her mad. She's like, well, I think we just need to take some time to reassess this. So we reassessed it, all right. About a month later, we decided we probably didn't even talk to each other again. But I think I went like after that, went to a chili. And I don't, I don't remember really what happened after that, to be quite honest. That was one of the legit worst sports nights of my life. You know, I'll make this clear for, for being its own. Kind of the coolest thing, 
me and Jay and for the Alabama game and, and friend Casey was all in the student session, got the student session. And so we get down. Jay actually asked me, are we going to go down? I was like, well, hell yeah, we're going down there. <laughs> and uh, this is the biggest game we had ever got. So I hopped down and, like, I, I lose Jay and Casey. So like, there's no way to be found. I look to my left, and there's literally, kill, like, in a normal day, I could just reach out and grab her and took a picture with her. But because they're so packed in there, I look to my left, and there's Katie Perry. She's, like, literally five feet from me, but I can't get to her. She's to my left. I, so, and it's like 20 seconds later, I lose. I don't know where she's at. So, I, like, try to get over. Never could get there. And I was kind of disappointed there, because even in freaking blue hair, she was hot. But Oh, God. <laughs> that, that was excitement, but then disappointment all within five seconds. So. Yeah, I think I, would, I think you uh, you probably got over that though, you know, considering we won. Oh yeah, honest. no, no. Honestly, it was. I got through. I got all the way crowd. And do you remember the video that went viral of the, of the cop slamming that drunk Alabama fan that was throwing stuff in like the north yeah, end yeah, zone? Yeah, yeah, in the north end zone. Okay, so when I got out to the ten yard line, I look up and I see stuff coming. I literally move, and he's throwing cups. Like how you get so many cups have no clue? All right, well, he's just throwing cups with ice, and I think he's just grabbing from around him. I literally get, like, to the five-yard line. Another time, I'm about to walk out, and I see the cop coming. So I just stop, because I know what's about to happen. And about three guys bump into me, and I just point up. And it's like, what, all right, what's up? I point up. And right about that time, when he's slamming. So I get to watch the Alabama guy get slammed. So it, it's, I was pretty, I was pretty awesome myself, because he, I mean, he pretty much done the rock bottom on him. I mean, he literally just grabbed him up under his arm and slammed it down. It's pretty awesome. Man, the funniest thing, uh, my my friend, or not my we were we were acquaintances. She had made a sign. And I was, like, I was riding on the goalpost, and I looked down, and, like, there's this girl, and apparently some Alabama fan had got on the field, and the Alabama girl is just going at the girl I know. Because she had a sign. It's the funniest sign I ever saw it. It said, uh, the state of Alabama, when Ancestry.com and eHarmony did the exact same thing. And, man, they were just going at each other. And I swear, the girl that I know just slaps her across the face. And the whole, whole Alabama right. girl pops back in to see the second one. All right. Uh, now we're going to switch topics and uh, talk about LSU with Ben Love of Scout Affiliate Tiger Sports Digest.com. Also has his on a shirt called Bumper Bumper. Ben, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you tonight? Uh, doing pretty good, man. Look at this team. That LSU's a team I can see either, either fall out or kind of like get back to close to where they were with the quarterback situation. I don't think they can get quite there. But start with defense. Some of them must want to start quarterback at the end. A lot of discussion there. On defense, you know, they lost several guys in NFL as they usually do and they used to by now. But what – how good do you think this defense can be, and who are some guys you know? Most people LSU might know, but as just a casual fan, it doesn't really keep up. LSU might not know it's going to be a big name for them this year. For the defensive fan? Yes. Yeah, I'll tell you. People are, I think at this point, know Tredavious White at cornerback. People know who Jalen Mills is now at safety. Started every game in three years he's been there. But I'll give you a few names right up the middle of the defense in the front seven. One of them, Devon Gottschall, defensive tackle, he was an animal last year. A true freshman that started the majority of Gainesville. She would tackle. It's a tough place to come in and play year one. But he was there and, and played very well against the run. I think this year they're open to expanding Devon Gottschall's role a little more. He'll probably play some tackle. 
and some end. Be more of a pass rushing threat than he was in year one. And then another guy, middle linebacker, is Kendall Beckwith. Very quickly, I think SEC fans are going to recognize what he brings uh, at the you know at the middle linebacker position. A great tackler, tracks very well side to side, and when he gets his mitts on you, you usually go down. So I think those are going to be two key cogs of this LSU defense that Coach Kevin Steele is going to enjoy now that he's the defensive coordinator in Baton Rouge. But the defense fits a strong shoe easily is, and with the changes, they had a defensive coordinator change, Chavis left for protecting him. All Do you think there's a scheme change at all? Do you think it pretty much stays the same on defense? And do you think the the defense kind of is looked upon to kind of carry the team with you know quarterback question, especially early? I'd say that's a good question because the scheme change isn't going to happen in year one, but you watch. I think by 2016 and beyond. It will, and I think LSU will move from a 4-3 team to a 3-4 under Kevin Steele, but it takes a little while to recruit to that end. So LSU, if you look at their recruiting class now in 2016, is is, is getting a lot more guys that would be considered, you know, 3-4 defensive ends, some defensive tackles on the high school level that they can move outside and have as run stoppers as a 3-4 end. You know, these guys that are almost like Kiki Mingo. You know, Mingo came in with a 4-3 defensive end in the future, these guys will be three, four linebackers for LSU. So that change is coming. I don't think we'll see it a ton this season. I think they'll stick to the four, three. And to answer your other question, yeah, I think this defense is absolutely going to carry LSU. The defense in the running game is is really, you know, all that I think Les Miles and company can count on to start the season. Maybe the quarterback position will develop a little bit better. Um and I you know, I I think that every facet of the defense is pretty tested too. That's part of it, is you've got experience. Up front, you have two returning defensive tackles coming back. You've got three seniors, or excuse me, two seniors and a junior and linebacker that are going to start. And then you've got at least three returning starters at, at, you know, in the secondary. So it's an experienced group. There's a lot of talent. And, and at LSU, you know, you never really lack that talent on defense. This year, I just think they can combine talent with experience. They're going to be pretty nasty, I feel like, on that side of the ball. Switch your offense and, and talking quarterback for a second. <laughs> To me, Jennings is who Jennings is. You pretty much know what you got. Somebody might make less mistakes. But you can tell me if you think I'm right or wrong. But in my opinion, he, he might be somebody that's more risky in a sense. But Brandon Harris has the most upside. And if they want to get the most potential for this season, he's who they have to go with. Do you think that is who gets the ball with, I guess, first game would it be Jennings or, or Harris? Or do you think it maybe it's a little bit of both? Well, I, I kind of feel a lot like you do, and I think oh, most LSU fans and media members do. I, I think it's pretty widely assumed that Brandon Harris has the better skill set. And I've seen limited amounts of practice, but I've watched these guys play in high school, and I can promise you Brandon has the more diverse skill set. You know, he throws the ball farther, throws a better deep ball, can run better. He's more um, – I think he's more elusive and a little faster than Jennings is. But, you know, then again – there's got to be trust there. And not only trust from the coaching staff, Les Miles, the coordinator, there's got to be trust with the other 10 guys in the field. And sometimes I think it was kind of perceived by players and some of the coaches that Brandon Harris was doing a little bit of the improv game and that he was, you know, kind of out for himself a little. So to me, when you hear people talk about Brandon not understanding the playbook well enough, that may be a part of it. I guarantee you that's not the main reason that kid didn't play last year. They trusted Jennings to operate the offense the way they wanted, and not to turn the ball over. I think they feared with 
with Jennings that they may have, or excuse me, I think they feared with Harris that they may have a situation that was kind of like Jared Lee when he was a freshman in 2008, that you may have a guy that just kind of goes out there and does what he, what he did in high school, and it's just a different level. you got to make that adjustment. So for me, yeah, I don't think there's any doubt Harris has the better physical tools, but I, you know, look, if I were running to the window to, to throw down a bet, I don't, I don't think I'd throw down a bet on, on Harris starting from game one. You know, that's just – Will it happen by the time the season's over? I would like to think so, but there's nothing about Les Miles that, that moves quickly, you know? And, and so for him to make a jump over fall camp to go from Jennings to Harris, I kind of have to see that to believe it. I don't know that I'd bet on that happening. Miles is known for having his you know, pro-style power game run offense. And to me, the oddest thing to me is that they they tend to continuously get dual-threat quarterbacks and to me, though, the quarterbacks are getting, it would seem to be more of half more, I guess, not to go spread, but half more run option. You saw a little bit more of that with Genie at the end of the year. Do you think that's more of less is called more than, than Cameron? And do you see that change in the future, trying to get more pro-style guys? Because for the fit-wise, pro-style guys more fit his system what Miles wants to run. Well, look, it's it's kind of like we talked about earlier. It's easy for me to kind of tell, besides just knowing some of these coaches and talking with them, it's easy for me to tell they're moving to a 3-4 defensively because that's the kind of kids they're recruiting. When you look at the kind of kids they're recruiting at quarterback, Justin McMillan came in this year. He's a little shorter. He's a lefty, but, you know, very much a dual-threat guy. Now they have Felipe Franks in 2016 who's committed from the state of Florida. He's He's a little more dual threat as compared to Shea Patterson, who's going to go to Ole Miss, and, and LSU had a chance at Shea Patterson. But out of those two, Tigers and Cam Cameron decided they wanted Felipe Frank. So, you know, look, I, my personal take, I think that they they settle on this pro-style offense and they settle on this, on this 60 65% rushing attack once they figure out that they don't have the goods at quarterback. I think if you give them – a guy who can kind of do it all. And Mettenberger in 2013 is a decent example. They were a little more diverse, I'd say, in that season with two pro receivers, a pro running back, and Mettenberger at quarterback. If you give them the right guy, you know, if one of these quarterbacks pans out and they trust him and he understands the offense, if Felipe Franks becomes that guy, I do think they'll go less pro style. And I think that Cam Cameron, having coached Antoine Randall in Indiana, knows those principles very well. And I think Les and Cam see offense kind of eye to eye. So, Will there still be some of the eye principles and the power formation principles, even if LSU gets a quarterback? Yes, but I think you'll see it more from the pistol, more from the shotgun. They'll employ more of an H-back. So these guys aren't immune to modern football. I just think that they, frankly, have struck out on a lot of their on their quarterback picks as far as, you know, I guess observing talent, you know, to, to find the right talent when they're recruiting, and then the development side of it. So I, I think they've lacked in those areas. But if they found the right guy, they identified the right guy. They developed him correctly. I don't have any doubt LSU would stray a little further away from this process that we have become accustomed to. Uh, ben, this is Colin. Uh, I just had a few quest- or a question regarding Les Miles. After last year's finish when the bowl lost to Notre Dame, first of all, what is the mood towards him in Baton Rouge? And secondly, if he goes – because in reality, every coach in SEC West is making over $4 million. Someone has to finish last. If – Let's finish sixth or seventh and finish with a seven and five or eight and four record. Is there any is he in any trouble or any hot water right now? And could he be? He could be at the end of this season. I think it's probably more likely that if the trend continues, 
it'll be after the 2017 season. But, look, when I say a trend, you know, here's what we're talking about. LSU goes undefeated in the 2011 regular season. The next year, they lose two conference games. The next year, they lose three conference games. And then last year, in 2014, they lose four conference games. That's that's the trend that I think LSU's athletic department is is most alarmed with. And if that were to continue, uh, using your hypothetical, if LSU finished sixth or seventh in the West and lost five games, and the trend continued to get worse, because here's the other part about it. Here's the sad truth. The way LSU's non-conference schedule usually works, if they lose five games next year, they'll all be in conference. LSU's not losing to McNeese State. They're not losing at Syracuse. They're just not, okay? So if they lose five games next year, that means LSU will have been sub-500 in the SEC. At that point, absolutely, I think LSU's administration would look at making a move. Whether or not they wanted to pay the buyout or not, I can't tell you at this point. But uh, what saved him so far is that he continues to, you know, change coordinators when, when the grenade kind of comes in the in the team ops building. You know, they usually they just change the offensive coordinator and that takes some of the pressure off of it. The fact that they continue to recruit well is taking pressure off too. But at some point, if the trend were to get worse now for – what, the fourth year in a row following 2011? Yeah, I think they absolutely would take a look at, at making a move. And, and you don't have to look any farther than the situation with John Chavis's contract this offseason. I think they're, they're making it easier to clear the staff out and move on if they move on from Les Miles. I think that's been a big theme of this offseason is that they're preparing to make a move. Now, whether it's after this season or next, I don't know. But I'll tell you this, if they have a 10-2 and two type season this year, I think all is forgotten, and it kind of goes back to status quo. So, again, we're playing the hypothetical game there. Right, right. Uh, as far as the, the 2015 season, is is there the Mississippi State game, well, I'm looking at it, would you consider that one of the most important games on the schedule as far as how early it is and how the quarterbacks will have to play to win? Because after last year, I'm not sure – I was going to start was going to be a tough task as far as getting out on the right foot because I see they play Auburn right after that. I believe Auburn's going to be one of the top teams in the West. Would that be one of the most important games on LSU's schedule? I think the Mississippi State game in week two is absolutely and utterly terrifying. I really do. Um, now, they're not going to be as good this year. That much I feel certain of. I really do. I mean, all the people that that are kind of saying, well, LSU and A&M may be sixth and seventh in division, well, Maybe they will, maybe they won't, but my money has Mississippi State down between five and seven this year. And you just, there's too much that that team has lost outside of Dak Prescott. But in LSU's terms, the fact that that game is week two, it's on the road, all you have before that is a warm up game against McNeese State. I mean, <laughs> you got to have an awful lot figured out when you go to Starkville in week two, whether or not they're down from last year or not. You got to have the quarterback situation figured out better. You're going to have new players. Two new offensive linemen are coming in and starting for LSU this year. You're going to have two new starters at defensive end, a brand-new starter at cornerback. So there's just a lot of positions that you're going to have to have figured out by week two. You know, there's a lot of young players you're going to have to be able to count on. So to me, there's a very scary aspect of that Mississippi State game. But on the same token, I do think they're down a little bit from last year, and I also feel like LSU is going to have a fire in the belly after getting embarrassed by State a little last year. So, um you know, look, that's the first time State's beaten LSU since 1999. So I think they're going to definitely have a little fire in the belly. But like I said, that's that's a scary game just because it's so early and you have to have everything right. And being this has been love and Tiger Sports Digest, uh, Scott Affiliate, I guess gun to your head, Ben, what do you see LSU's record being this year? 
I really think that they surprise some people and go either nine and three or ten and two. I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to pull the ten and two trigger because the schedule is never easy. You know, because like you said, you go at Mississippi State, Auburn, week two and three. Um, you know, this is the year that you travel to Tuscaloosa if you're LSU. Um, in like a, in a three week span in November, you play Arkansas and A and M at home. So again. You know, there's a lot of landmines to navigate. But if they get through weeks two and three unblemished, uh, then, yeah, I think it could be a 10-2 and two team. And I think Leonard Fournette is absolutely going to blow the doors off a lot of the league. I mean, for me, it's Nick Chubb at Georgia and Leonard Fournette at LSU as, as the two best running backs in the in the conference and two of the, the five or six best in the country. So LSU is going to lean on Fournette. And I, I'm telling you, it would not surprise me if this team went 10-2 and two despite running the football 65, 70% of the time. I really, I think that there's a lot of elements in place on this team that remind me of the 2011 team that, you know, frankly, Jared Lee was a great efficient passer at the beginning of the year, but they were never a team that threw for more than 150, 160 yards a game. And they won the whole league and went undefeated through the regular season. So is LSU that dominant? No. But can they go 10-2? and two? Yeah, I think so. But 9-3 and three is probably a little safer. If it's 8-4 and four or worse, I'd be a little surprised. It, it would be a, it would be a season where they gave a game or two away if they finished eight four, in my opinion. And then Ben, I appreciate your time for coming on, boy. Hey, my pleasure. That was Ben Love. He has his own show, on Bumper Bumper to Bumper. Also, TigerSportsDigest.com with Scott Affiliate. I agree that. I think LSU this. I think week two or I guess week three and. Uh, Two and three, I think of those games, you know, the Auburn and Ellis and Mississippi State game. If they're one and one, they're okay, and we'll start to see. But if they lose two, both those games, I say they're really falling off. Or if they win both those games, they could really take off, in my opinion. I don't see them being a 10 and two team. I see them being eight and four, nine and three with their quarterback position. Looking at those two games, do you think they went both, lose both, go one and one? How do you think that plays out with Mississippi State and Auburn? Auburn's at home and Mississippi State's on the road. To be honest with you, as good as Auburn's offense or other defense won't be great, I think they lose out even though it's in Baton Rouge. And to me, both those both teams this is how I am with that team. Both teams have pretty much just warm-up games. I mean, Southern's not that going to be that good. They're going to, both those guaranteed wins are pulling out people early. First game for each team. Again, it's, it's, they have state has that. To me, that gives it's that powerful. That gives them two edges. Two edges, in my opinion. Overall, I think LSU's more talented. That whole opinion, I guess, if this game is within a three-point game going to take it half, it's anybody's game. But if State can jump on them early, I think they put them away and win. If you made me bet, I'd almost – I'd have to bet State wins because of Dan Strawford, and they do have Dak Prescott, who's the best quarterback coming back to NCC. But I don't feel good about it in that way. I wouldn't feel good about it. Um, but I, I agree. I do think Mississippi State beats LSU. I think a lot of it, that opinion has to do with it comes so early in the season. Are they going to have the quarterback situation settled up? Mississippi State's got theirs figured out. Um, you know, and I'll tell you another thing. I, I'll be honest. I think it, 
I think LSU wins one of those games. And I'll tell you why. Mississippi, as I said, I think Mississippi State wins. Here's my deal. I think they beat Auburn. Um, in Baton Rouge, it's going to be Jeremy Johnson's first road game. That's a hell of a way to get started. Uh, in Baton Rouge, I think something weird happens there. And I think LSU winds up beating Auburn after losing to Mississippi State in week two. The thing is one different. To be honest with you, in the West at least, I think Jeremy Johnson's a second could end up being the best quarterback in the league. I agree. All right. He played a lot last year, especially early. To me, he was a better quarterback last year. A lot of Auburn fans would agree with you. They just like that he's not quite as a runner and and Gush really like that. He's a much better passer. And, yeah, they're going to be able to score some else she will. And I don't – we saw this last year. Don't matter how good your uh, defense is, Auburn's going to score some. And the question is, can LSU keep up? And I don't think they can. That's fair. That's fair. I just – I don't know. That first game, the first road game in Death Valley, that would worry me some if I'm an Auburn fan. You want to run through LSU's schedule? Yeah, we, we can. Let me bring it up real quick. The difference is, I, I, got, it. I got it right here. Uh, McNeese State, I mean, they'll win. That's that. a win. Uh, Mississippi State. I want to say State. I don't feel good about it, but I want to say State. Yeah, that's the game where if the you know the turf just exploded and swallowed everyone up, I'd be okay. Um, Auburn in in Baton Rouge. I gotta go with Auburn. Syracuse at the Carrier Dome. Why are they playing at the Carrier? Never mind. That's a win. That's a win. Eastern Michigan is a win. They win. I'll tell you, here's an interesting game. Here's an interesting two weeks for LSU. After Eastern Michigan, they go to South Carolina. I think they win. You think they win? I do too. I think. I think the. Yeah, I, I guess it would depend on the mindset. Is he able after two losses, or how how it is? That's the thing about it. See, if they lose both those games, they could just all of a sudden shit the bed. You might say and then lose to South Carolina. But I agree. Just me looking at the team, I say they beat South Carolina. I think they beat Florida and Baton Rouge, too. I think that Florida thing is going to be a little weird this first year. Uh, I think Florida's going to be – I think Florida's offense is going to be abysmal. I, I do, too. I think Treon Harris – I like Treon Harris, but I don't know how much is around him. I don't know what Michael Wayne's going to do. I, I, we'll I like him as I a think coach, but not this year. Yeah, not I really year. like Michael Wayne as a coach. That this, this year, what they have, I don't, I don't really like him. Western Kentucky's a win. They win. They go to Alabama. There's no losing it. Uh, I'll tell you another interesting one. Arkansas in Tiger Stadium. Don't feel good about it, but I'd say LSU. I would, too. In Tiger Stadium after beating uh, after beating Arkansas last year. What about Ole Miss? I think that's a loss. I do, too. Uh, I think after what Ole Miss went through in Baton Rouge last year, there's going to be some fired-up kids. And Texas A&M and Tiger State. Win. Yeah, I agree. They own Texas A&M. They own Texas A&M. So you have them going. Let's see. Uh, two and two, three and two. You have them going eight and four. I think I have them going seven and five. No, no, I have them going eight and four, too. Both have them going eight and four. Right. 
you know, it's kind of what they did last year. Went to the Music City Bowl and got beat by Notre Dame. That's what I was thinking about. Is Les Miles in trouble at 8-4 and four again? I would think so, but I do think no matter what, he gets another year. I do, too. I do, too. But here's my deal. Go ahead. What kind of switch there? Well, I got you on. We'll go over it. Kind of what's your – I went over before. Kind of what's your opinion on Ole Miss this year? Because to me, I've said this multiple, multiple times. This year's big for freeze as far as momentum and what they've built. And no matter what, they just – you got to at least go 9-3, with all the talent because their perception comes even with all that talent they can't win. Kind of what's your thoughts on the season, and I, we'll kind of go through the schedule and think if you think they win or lose. Well, you know, I can kind of sum it up. First of all, who, who do you think the quarterback is? Who plays quarterback? I think it's Jack Kelly. See, I don't. I, I think it's Ron Buchanan, and I'll tell you why. I, I think Ron has proven in spring ball – and throughout his time, really, don't miss it. He's not going to take chances with the football. Uh, he's been in the system longer, and I think this is what I think. And I've kind of been told this from a few people that defense is going to be better than it was last year. I know that's hard to believe. Oh, I think so too. I'll, I'll agree and there. I don't think people are going to be able to score because you go look at our games last year, man. Alabama scored ten. You know, LSU scored ten. Mississippi State scored seventeen. It's not going to take a lot from these, this offense to win football games. And I think you need to have somebody in place that's not going to turn the football over. Maybe they, they don't have the ceiling that Chad Kelly does, but he's not going to turn the football over. And on third down and eight, when nothing's there, he's going to throw it out of bounds. And, you know, we've got good special teams with Wonderlick. Being honest, if I'm being honest, I think we go nine and three and ten and two. I hate the road schedule. Because I'll, I'll just say it now, I don't think they beat Mississippi State. I'll believe they win a game in Starkville when they win a game in Starkville. Um, Auburn and Alabama is tough, man. If Alabama was later, I wish Alabama was about week seven. And we had no, the quarterback no, thing there. No. You, you don't? Alabama. You want Alabama. You want them game one if you can play them. I don't know. I just – the quarterbacks aren't going to have much experience. I mean, you're saying you That's why you won't play them because their quarterbacks well, are so much more on defense. They, they got their turnover, a lot of their defense. You want to play them early. That's true. That's true. I just, you know, but I don't like our road schedule. I don't like having to go to Auburn. I don't like having to go to Mississippi State. I don't like having to go to Alabama. Would it shock you if they went 0-3 in those three games? No, it wouldn't shock me. Here's, here's my thing on this team. There's so many draft picks. And it's in your head. To me, this is what's key. They have to split one of the two, Auburn and Alabama. They have to split one. Because if you lose both lose both of those, unless something crazy happens, you're out of the playoffs and you're out of the SEC championship game. And let's be honest, this is what this team is playing for. That's their goal is to win, at least go to SEC championship game. That's their goals. And they lose both of them games, and in the slate they have after that, if they're so called out of it, you know, you don't ever know what some crazy stuff might happen. I'm not saying they don't play hard, but their focus ain't near as good, and that can lead to a few more losses. I agree. You know, it's crazy. I expect them, you know, just looking at the schedule, and I think you'll agree, UT Martin, Fresno, Alabama, Vanderbilt, Florida, New Mexico State, Memphis. I think they're 6-1 and one right there. 
or no, they'd be yeah, they'd be six and one. A and M at home. This is how you finish the year. A and M at home. Oh. I agree. And then you go to Auburn, Arkansas at home, LSU at home, State on the road. I like what, I like what you said about having to split with Alabama and Auburn. If you do that, I don't think they get beat at home. I don't think Arkansas beats them at home. I don't think LSU beats them at home. Vanderbilt sure the hell isn't beating them at home, and A and M's probably not beating them at home. That all that does is if you're ten and one, and you you split with Alabama and Auburn. You go to start well with a shot, and while it's been just absolutely, it's been a nightmare to try to have to win and start well. If you're over there at ten and one, you've got a shot. You know, you go eleven and one in this league. You you may not get into the championship game. You might, but you've got a shot. Well, nobody's going to defeat it in this league. I don't disagree. I don't disagree at all. And see, I'm uh, at this here, and this is why I say Chad Kelly's going to be a starter. Well, especially late season. Some of this had to do with the offensive line. But what gave – what was one of the main problems when and they, people schemed against Ole Miss? They didn't have a – especially after Laquan went down, they had no downfield threat. Not partly, not. Part, partly because of both shoulder. Partly because of Pond and Vic was out. Yeah. Okay. What does Chad Kelly give you? His arm strength is unquestionable the best on the team. Absolutely. He gives you that down throw threat, which makes teams play you differently. Uh, I didn't see him why the run game get even worse. It's because they had no down throw threat. They could leave the safeties on the, on the island and play, especially if the Pond went down. And also, you don't bring Chad Kelly unless you think he's going to start. Then, I, at, the I same, agree. at the same at the same time, his talent was it was it unquestioned when he played when in the spring. They they talked about his reads and and not knowing everything yet, but he's quick picking up things quickly. You got to think. After having an off-season run of playbook, he's going to know the playbook, and that was part of the problem why he didn't come out ahead. In my opinion, it's Chad Kelly. Because, yeah, yeah he might make some mistakes. He might can play an intermediate game. And he might can hit it some there, but down the field, down the field, Ryan McCann not stretching the field. I agree. Um, my only thing is I just – I'm not sure how good this offense is going to have to be to win football games. I, I don't see an SEC team scoring over 21 points on them. You have games like Auburn. You have them games like with teams where they're just clicking and and then, then what are you going to do? I mean, let's be right. honest. If, if, you, if you look at last year, if Laquan don't get hurt and they beat Auburn, I'd almost just guarantee you that that Arkansas game's different. I mean, it's different. You know, I don't know if they win because, be real, Arkansas was pissed off that day. Uh, but it, it, it's not 30 to nothing. Bo doesn't throw yeah, I mean, four picks. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the game's just different because, you know, Quan's not hurt. If they, they're not coming. Cause look, look, even though after they played a game and had an off week and all that, talking to people around yeah. the program, that team was devastated. Oh, yeah, and yeah. I'll be honest with you. If if after not how they got traded and strong for the year before, 
and the whole thing with Bo getting headbutted and stuff getting thrown at some of the players as they're leaving the field. If it had just been they got beat and just walked off and nothing happened and wouldn't mistreat or anything like that in Starkville, which that always happens. I don't think they get up from start for State, and I don't think they beat State, but because of what happened here before, they got back up and they were able to beat them. Yeah, and, I have this. Go ahead. I'm sorry. And also, teams that knew State's weakness, which was their secondary and mm-hmm. and safety especially, they just said we're going we're going to throw it out their safeties and cornerbacks all game long. And that's what's going to be. And that's what's going to be. And, and Ole Miss was effective. Yeah, Ole Miss picked on them in the secondary. Yeah, I have this weird conspiracy theory. You know, talking about how they got treated in Starville in 2013. If Bo doesn't fumble, I believe Mississippi State makes the playoffs this year. Because if Bo doesn't fumble, oh, they don't have, I, they don't, they don't have the, they don't have the hot one around the program. The team's and, actually just fans are angry, and I don't at, think at, at both ways. I don't think both ways this previous egg bowl. Because if he walks in that end zone and we win that game in double overtime, I I was talking. I talked to people around Ole Miss. I guess it was Tuesday of Ecuador, and the feeling was Bo wasn't going to play. I mean, they they were legit. Well, scared. he never practiced. Yeah, and Thursday came around, and he said, "Oh, to hell with it! I'm about to play." And the first time he did anything active was on Saturday when he went out for warmups, and there was still concern on Saturday about his ankle and him not being able to play. I don't think people understood how much pain he played with that day. Well, let's be honest. They, Friday, he did a walkthrough. I know he went through walkthrough Friday. It happens all the time. People would say it, don't, it don't. They gave him the shot, and let's, let's, let's go see what you can do. Yeah. Yeah, that that was it. And as I said, you know, Bo doesn't fumble, and he doesn't get teabagged by Whitley. I don't know if he plays. If he doesn't play, Mississippi State would have rampaged us. Probably got the playoff. Well, that's arguable. You can debate We'll never know if they make the playoff or not. But yeah, that's that's interesting. But you know, you go through the schedule. I, what do you think? You think ten and two, nine and three? What's your prediction on them? To me, it's this. I think they're. It's so hard to predict, really. I if I had to go through it, I'd say they go at least nine and three with the possibility of ten and two. I don't – I got asked this question. I said – and poor rep, I'm about to run out of time here. I got asked this okay. question. Do, you, do I think they could almost win the West? I said no. And I actually almost think they got angry at me because I said no. And they didn't give me time to respond. They just kind of got pissed off at me. But that's, that's okay. And the reason why is because of the line. And while I think their run game can be better, they don't have that elite running back. Do I think Ole Miss can contend for the West? Yes, but I don't think they can win the West. Do they finish second or third? Yeah, I think they do, really. But I just I don't see them winning it. I just don't see them winning it. Now, I think if they get 10-2, and two, that's an improvement. You're you're building on excitement around a program. You're going to have possible – you're going to have that excitement, you know, going in there. You're going to freeze, come after a draft with a little – to go recruits even more bigger than this class, the way it's going, it's going to be a top five class. It was Jay Patterson, everybody in there, at minimum top ten. 
And then you go to this next class and you say, you just see what happened. He had at minimum three top ten picks, possible four top ten picks. And then you probably got one or two other guys get drafted through three rounds. That's going to, just a t- totally new recruiting tool for threes and it kind of carried on. But you finish, say, eight and four, something like that's going to be a disappointment. And then that momentum comes up. We said a lot, even with all this talent, and other schools would use that, even with all that talent they had in the first round. When they went in the first round, they still couldn't. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. You know, here's my deal. That class in 2013 was special. But teams in the this West... This class can be better. This class will be better. But teams in the West recruit at that level every single year. You can look at Auburn and Alabama's recruiting classes. They're not pulling in anything less than eight, you know. So it's not like we did something unprecedented as far as what's being accomplished in the SEC West. And I don't, I don't know if I would consider – a lot of people would be upset if this team goes nine and three. I, don't, I wouldn't be. I think that would be a step in the right direction of the program. Get back maybe to an access bowl. Hopefully have a better showing than what we did last time. But I, I don't think any, anything worse than nine and three or ten and two or anything better than – Nine and three or ten and two. I don't think that'd be a disappointment. I say this, and then at the end, this ten and two is fine. Nine and three is okay, but you can't have a blowout loss and look like you did against Arkansas. It has to be three close games, and you know, last minute games. And you say just a play here, a play there, and you won one of the games. I think that has to happen. You have one or two blowouts and that, and then three losses. That's where it's gonna be really a disappointment. I agree. I agree. But until then, this this was Colin Brewster. As always, you're right. We'll be back again later on the week. Hopefully, have Jay, Jay back. Yes, stuff he had to handle. Until then, everybody be safe. Go watch the NBA final because I know that's what I'm going to do tomorrow night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.